That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Just a quick update. Kyle had to leave. (laughs) Go. No one saw that coming. Oh, my God. First of all, Kyle is the person who... She's she's like she's responsible. She gets up in the morning. She does. You know, we lived together for five months. It's just if and when homegirl gets a hangover, it turns into a medical situation. Well, you know, and and if you haven't had the poison for two (laughs) months and then you imbibe, it's double poison, triple poison. You're poisoning yourself, girl. She's a little girl, too. She's she's so tiny. She's a tiny little nymph. A tiny little pukey nymph. R.I.P. R.I.P. It's weird. We were we're gonna live stream the funeral uh, later. It'll be a real special <laughs> podcast episode. Kyle died. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep on keeping on without her. Uh, may she may she rest in power. <laughs> may she rest up and be fine again tomorrow. We got another server submitted story uh, submitted to us from Unlovely Creature at Unlovely Creature, and it is a harrowing tale. Take us away, Jocelyn. So I had a table Saturday night of this man and his girlfriend. I work at a bougie restaurant. Bougie. Bougie. I work at a bougie restaurant in Corona Del Mar, California, and our customers are usually opinionated, entitled, and rude, to say the least. From, quote, needing their wine decanted ASAP to complaining that their steak is clearly medium rare, not medium rare. Plus, how is that a thing? It is. I think you get the idea. So back to Saturday night. We close at 10 and a couple walks in at 945. The worst. (laughs) The host was not at the stand because he was seating someone else. So the man waltzes through the dining room over to me and says, um, so no valet, no host. Where do I sit? I politely direct him to the host stand and let him know that once our host seats the previous guest, him and his girlfriend will be seated next. Meanwhile, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping he doesn't get sat in my (laughs) section. But lo and behold, (laughs) Sir Dushington and his madame are seated right where I was counting down the minutes I could print my check out. It had been a long night already, and this was going to be the cherry on top. Okay, so basically he sits in her section, and she goes over and says, Hello, looks like you're stuck with me. How's your night? Can I start you off with a cocktail or glass of wine this evening? He looks at me, tosses his menu down, and demands, Give me the filet mignon, I'm hungry. I politely reply, I'm so sorry we don't have the filet mignon. He looks at me confused, as if I was speaking another language. Um, skirt steak? I politely reply, no sir, we have a ribeye. He was very thrown off that I couldn't meet his majesty's demands and literally says, are you freaking kidding me? Ha! 
You have nothing I like. <laughs> Ribeye is way too fatty. Give me time. I need to look and try to find something I might like on your menu. I smile. I say, okay, let me grab you some waters in the meantime. I shit you not. I damn near spit in the fucker's water. <laughs> I give him time. I come back. And finally, he agrees to the ribeye, but demands the fat be trimmed off like a child, apparently. And the plate needs to be split because he's sharing with his girlfriend. <laughs> also, it needs to be well done. No pink at all. All caps. Wow. Is they, it, was it Donald Trump? Oh, Maybe. God. They order cocktails, continue to make rude comments about the restaurant not meeting his godly standards, proceed to send a drink back, and order something else. Five complimentary bread baskets later, his steak comes. They eat. They like it. Also, by the way, splitting. So whatever. At the end of their meal, I ask if they need anything else. And he says, no, honey. Thank you so much. You are so sweet. I'm a very picky eater. And my girlfriend knows I can be very picky. Thanks for everything. Signs his check. Leaves around 1130 when nobody's left in the restaurant but them. I go to see if he's at least tipped me 20%. And of course, he left him. He left her. $5 and $135 oh, check. Christ Gotta love the service industry. Good God. <laughs> Unlovely creature. I mean. Those last tables rarely end in a, with a good happy ending. They're, oh. they're very rarely good. They love it. When they start to turn the corner and are like happy and nice to you because cause baby got his bottle. Because baby got his fat trimmed off his steak and had a cocktail so now he can be nice because he was hangry. <laughs> he was a hangry old man. I like in the story how the girlfriend never speaks. Oh, well, if, well <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think she gets to speak in this relationship? No. Definitely not. But yeah, I always get wary if they've been assholes and then suddenly turn a corner that that's your tip is them not being assholes anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry about that before when I was a real piece of shit. Hope that's good enough for you to pay a rent with. <laughs> I'll call you sweetie, though. You lucky yeah. little bitch. Well, good. Ugh. Thank you for sending that uh, story in, though. And I hope you feel better, unlovely creature. We got you. We understand. Wish wish he could have tipped more. But I bet he has a small shriveled dick. To someone outside the service industry, service industry you might hear that and be like, eh, what? what's the big deal? I'll tell you what. Get it, thinking you're off of work and then having to stay another hour and a half to get five dollars on one thirty five is the most heartbreaking, terrible feeling. It's never good. I'm telling nope. you. Because at that point you are working for like twice than like like two times less than minimum wage practically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense what I'm saying, but kind like of. it does. It does sort and of everybody like, suffers. We've talked about this. It trickles down. The entire restaurant. Oh, and the, everybody has to stay Oh, in the kitchen. Yep. I mean, like. And if, they're pissed. They're so then they're so like, mad. the kitchen's like fucking mad at you. And you're like, it's not my fault they fucking came in. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. So, but then everyone tries to do like a rush shit job. Yeah. And then what happens is you have to redo it. So that everyone shoots So you go back. The, the whole kitchen's like closed down and cleaned up. And they're like, no, sorry, we can't do it. It's terrible. It's, and you're the mediator. Can you imagine that kitchen when they find out they had to trim the fucking fat <laughs> off the steak when they thought they were like closing up for the night too? Gross. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they dipped uh, their their chef knife in their finest reserve of dick water. <laughs> you know that they're like, this is the dipping, the dick water dipping. Don't for ever special customers. Drink DWD. Yeah, water on the right. That's the dick water special reserve. All right, we're jumping back in with more history of women in the service industry from hungover Kyle before she barfed and had to go home and die. 
to set up some history before in New York, they had the first ever quote unquote restaurant, which I think appeared in the early 1800s. It was called Delmonico's women not allowed. So this is all East coast bullshit. Yeah. Ladies ordinary started in Boston. Right. right. So then people start heading West. Right. So you have, it's a, it's a time in American history where we have tons of immigrants flooding into New York you know, if you guys, let's just reference the movie Far and Away, where they come and then everybody heads over, heads west to, like, get their land. Um, anytime I think I can reference Far and Away. So in um, 1853, a guy named Fred Harvey lands in New York, and he's an immigrant like everybody else. Um, and he works for a while in New York as what's known as a a, a pot walloper, which is also... <laughs> Which is like a, a bus boy, a dish dude. Okay. A dish that makes pig. Sense. You know what? I bet because like like uh, all the cooking ware was so just like cast iron and yeah. things were crusted. Gotta wall up these pots. He's like, I've got to wall up them. <laughs> I'm going to give them a what for. So he works his way up, um, makes lots of money, ends up moving west to St. Louis um, and opens a restaurant, which then quickly like the Civil War happens, which changes a ton uh, of American history. And then like, unfortunately, like his wife and children like die because of their sickness everywhere. Um, then be- he becomes a freight agent for the railroads. So basically he like is in charge of going West and taking supplies because the West is growing and expanding like mad. And he sees like when you, when you stop in all these towns along the rails, like the, the hospitality there is shit because it's local to run it. No one's being nice to everybody. They're basically like being, if you didn't finish what was on your plate, they'd scrape it onto the next plate and serve it to like the next customer. Like that's what was happening. So he saw a real opportunity um, in this and ended up going into business with the Santa Fe line, which we now know is like one of the the biggest transcontinental like railroad lines like that there is, like going to the Southwest. Um, Opens a restaurant and originally has um, African-American male waiters, but because it was post-Civil War and you have a lot of, like, sore, like, Southern losers there, like, the, the, the racism and the fighting was just, like, absurd. It was, it was crazy. Um, and so they decided to bring in women to work these restaurants, and then the Harvey girls were born. So we're at a time in American history where, like, as a woman, you could, eat, you could be, like, a, a maid or you could be a cook. And as a woman, like, that's really, like, the only way you could make money. And there were waitresses, but they were looked down upon as being, like, scarlet women, being harlots, being prostitutes, Mm -hmm. being clean. So the Harvey girls was a whole different game because they wanted prim, proper young women to represent this company. So all these young women from the Midwest were called upon. We're talking, like, 17, 18 years old. Some of them, once things really got going, they would lie. Like, they were, like, 13-year-old, 14-year-old girls that would lie. But it was the only opportunity these women had ever had to, like, A, like, leave their shitty Midwest town, like, and get out if they had higher higher sights set for their life. Get away from their dads. Um, Um, also make a living on their own. So what would happen is you would get paid a weekly, I'm sorry, a monthly stipend. I think it was like $25 is what I had read tips on top of it. But you would go and go to this boot camp for six weeks. You would learn how to like treat the customer correctly, do the bread service, like learn all the tricks. Like, um, and then you'd wear these like head to toe, heavily starched, heavy linen uniform. So not like a, a, a snippet of skin, was sure. showing it all. Um, but the, the cool thing was, is like these women would travel because like you're opening like all these stations, all these depots along the route of this train would have these Harvey houses. 
So all these women got to go explore. Um, they lived in, in dormitories together. Um, the only time, well, they called themselves, the Harvey business called themselves a matrimonial business because along the way, Uh-oh. a lot of these young women would meet men and get married and then they'd stay in the towns they were in and populate and then become a business big community. Owners? Business All owners. The Harveys. They'd still, you, <laughs> if you got married or pregnant, you couldn't work for the company more anymore because they wanted single women. Sure. Um, but they would stay and then like their daughters would become Harvey girls because we're talking like a hundred years. That, like the Harvey houses were basically in business. Um, employing women and like giving women opportunity, especially single women. You know, obviously if you got like pregnant, you had to leave. There was uh, one specific woman, <laughs> Millie. Um, Bobby Brown. Madam Millie. And so she was, <laughs> she lied. She was 13 when she got the job and she only got it. She was in, her and her sister were orphans and her sister had TB, tuberculosis, which oh was Oh my God, real I just got big... a TB test and I don't have it. Well, back in, the, back in the wild, wild west days, like t- TB was a big, big deal. And so in order to pay for her sister's um, health care, she became a Harvey girl, which wasn't enough money. So she started turning tricks like pretty quickly, which is why she was fired. But then she ended up in El Paso opening up one of the first brothels there and then essentially opened up a chain of brothels. And because of her and like the Southwest, specifically like Nevada area, brothels and cat houses like have the roles that they do today. Um, but no, they didn't get TB because it's not sexually transmitted. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But it's, what you can't what, when you're in you a know, coffin on a dick. The church didn't like this, also, which is like bullshit because it's like you know women are doing things I shouldn't be doing. But what I think is really cool um, is that through the through the times, like changing, like during the Great Depression, like it still boomed because they they closed some of the smaller stations, but they hired more people. They hired through the entire Great Depression. Um, and then when World War II hit, they opened everything back up because the rails would run all the troops, right? Right. And so it, all the Harvey girls, they hired tons and tons and tons of them because there was a huge demand to feed the troops coming through. And that's when, like, Native American women, because it's all Southwest, and, like, Hispanic women started getting hired, you know? And there's a story I um, was reading up on this one woman who she made so much money in tips because the troops didn't have any other place to spend their money so she'd make a shitload of money in tips. She saved all of it. And when her husband got back from World War One, they had enough money to move to California. And she put the down payment on the house. Well, yeah, because oh, didn't snap. didn't the Harvey jobs pay more than other I don't know wages? in comparison, but you definitely got like, a, it was like a monthly, it was like $25, but it it your room and board were was paid covered. for. Yeah. Every, no, it, it and sounds, then tips on top of it. Sure. No, it sounds way more lucrative than being just a one note. Like if you're just in the back of house being a cook or just a maid. No, this sounds like, well, like a lead up to modern waitressing minus the whole like trying to marry marry you off right. part. But. And they also had tons of opportunity within the company itself. Like, you know, managers were women. They hired specifically like a woman architect to design these lodges and giant restaurants where you, they also cashed in on on like tourism. Like they were, they landed on the Grand Canyon and built grand inns where people could go and stay. I mean, so it was like the first chain restaurant, if you will, right? Was the Harvey houses, you know? And then again, when like airlines started taking over train, 
they fucking hopped on and then were partners with TWA and like started like then you got Harvey Girls in the Sky. Like being wow. waitresses and you have opportunity Harvey girls to like in the sky. Harvey girls in the sky. I can fight twice as high. Ooh, who'd like a cigarette? Take a look. But it is it's I think it is very interesting book. and was like such an amazing opportunity for women. And then the rules really, really bent and formed. So like if you were married, you could totally be a Harvey girl. Oh, thank God. Things changed a ton as as everything progressed. But it was really like Everything kind of diminished, like Route 66 opened up and everybody went like hotels and pools and like around the 1960s, like everything pretty much dissolved and was done. What? But a hundred years. Yeah. I like, blame the psychedelics. Women being employed and being, and here's the thing, post-World War II, when the men came back and like all the jobs were fucking gone, the Harvey House was a, a place where single women could go and make money because there were no other fucking jobs. Like, right. right. Well, especially when they came back and they're like, I want my old job back, you bitch. Um... <laughs> Get out of here, you hussy. (laughs) To me, too, I think what's really great about the Harvey girls is also prior to this, like, women were not allowed to travel unescorted. Like, you weren't allowed to just go anywhere alone as a woman. And so this idea that it was like a job taking you west to the best coast. And these girls and women were recognized in the community. They They were famous. Everybody was like, oh, my God, you're a Harvey girl. It really reminds me so much doing the research of like us as young women, like moving to the big city for the first time, totally and gaining our independence and like away from the family. And like, it, it, it's very, I bet these girls must've been so excited. It's like, very romantic. Imagine. We should make, well, we should make a Harvey girl t-shirt too. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I would wear a Harvey girl t-shirt. Kyle, what do you, what are you bringing to the table to talk about? Well, ironically enough, it the other- better be a refill for my diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> That was really loud. I just saw Kyle's hungover brain rattle in her head. I know. She was like, but we don't serve Diet Coke. Please, please, please. Uh, well, ironically enough, the other day when I was uh, waiting at table, the, a gentleman asked me, uh, because I was not sort of in, I guess, what he thought was appropriate to wear to work. He said to me, oh, do they not have a dress code here for you guys? Okay. What were you wearing? I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt and um, like a beanie and like an oversized jacket. I think he just didn't think I was dressed feminine enough, to be quite honest. Um, and I think that's a lot of what we're talking about is um, how women are supposed to also now look once they're serving you your food. Right, back in the day, too. Yeah, a lot of restrictions, a lot of hoops to jump through. And put your, yeah, and wear on, on your skirt. Yeah. Well, it's easier to shame you if you if there's a bunch of rules and you, you fuck up one. Exactly. Yeah, you know? or just to sort of uh, make you an object rather than a human who will bring you your food. Mm-hmm. The Harvey girls, one sec before we start, had to have like gleaming white, pristine shoes all the time. Huh? You know the gravy they served in those places? <laughs> it started out, though, with, like, very... To, to differentiate a sex worker versus right. a food server, right. you were dressed very matronly, where right. uh, your uniforms looked more like a house servant, which is what they wanted to feel like they were getting, is, like, the equivalent of their wealth at home is now in a restaurant. So, like, the the garments would be, like, down to the floor. Can yeah, you... even bathing suits. That was oh my a whole God. issue. They it was were... illegal to have, like, skin showing on a beach. 
that that that's like its own do you think women like hit at other women because they're like that bitch's ankle is so much yes yes my ankle no but it was it was the way we laugh about the way teens you know get frenzied over the beatles or in sync or all this like that is how men would you know like lose their mind over like oh my god ankles i mean it was it was a time, and it was pretty scandalous to show a little bit, you know? I got to apply this to my dating life. Right? Show a little ankle next or time, Or don't. No ankle showing till the third date, Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing because it's like you're allowing women to now enter the workforce sort of in the 20s and 30s, but you're also now policing what they wear. Um, it's just sort of like this amazing, like, people just – God, I can't speak. Kyle, it's okay. <laughs> but the thing is, though, that was societal. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It's, it's, we are, okay. So, like, the servers, so the waitresses were certainly being policed because, just in general, women were forced to cover up. Right. I mean, it's just so embarrassing that here you are doing this manual labor, but the women's version is literally, like, a hoop skirt, mm-hmm. like a Victorian <laughs> neckline oh, choking yeah. you up to your chin. And there's fucking pants under those hoop skirts. Like, there's bloomers and pants, like, under it. So it's, like, layer upon layer upon layer. It's so much clothing. It's hot. It's restrictive. I mean, that's what I can't imagine is, I I mean, I always wait tables in jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. I can't imagine having to wear, like, a corset or 17 layers of, like. Yeah, forget waiting tables. I I can't imagine wearing that day to day. Right. And they were fucking fainting left and right and smelling salts were abundant and women were viewed as weak because they were just covered in pounds of fabric. I can't handle Spanx, let alone a corset with bloomers. Fucking get the hell out of here. Well, I, I personally, I have to, I have to talk about, I'm a little romantic about this like classic diner waitress look, you know, obviously the hemline kept going up, Mm -hmm. you know, like started in the twenties and thirties that, you know, Kyle was saying down to, you know, the ankle was just a little bit of that scandal show. And then it kept creeping up. Yeah. Cut to Britney Spears crazy (laughs) video circa 2000. (laughs) 2000 right <laughs> and you're like what in the hell just happened what just this happened? is sexy as fuck but like the like the version that is above the knee oh yeah i swear to you if i had a job that took the stress out of figuring out what to wear to work it's like it's like hospital scrubs put on that cute little dress everyone knows you have to wear it and there's just something about, like where i would wear that and be super excited you about like it. zip up the back because everything's kind of like came into like yep. one it wasn't separate pieces it makes me think of like what the fucking double r diner like all the twin peaks ladies. i just thought oh, they looked Lord. but they were all models also Peggy. i think it's easy to romanticize but i'd love to hear from the people out there if you have to wear a uniform like that what it's like i think what i'm saying is i like oh, not I having to go shop oh. no I get, for, I get what you're yeah. saying but i'm saying i think that's a novelty that would wear off very quickly when you're seeing this still i mean like we were seeing this like like few decades ago like a Denny's you know what I'm saying where it's like nylons and the little dress and the waitress and and then I think it got a little more formalized where it's like no you can wear shorts and nylons with like uh, you know something tucked into it and then I think it totally turned into what now is like the cater waiter strangling outfit which I'm like god then it, it went back to sort of that feeling of like I'm wearing so much clothing head to toe menswear with a bistro apron Yeah. yeah Yeah, so, I had a Looney Tunes tie that I, I think about and get angry. 
<laughs> it was. Uh, I hate the Looney Tunes. I, I see hate it in my any head. any like Disney branded cartoon wear. I it makes me very upset. You didn't like to go into the Disney store and pick out your ties. Oh or? man, do I hate that! I hate when like a little baby's dressed up in like a bunch of like branded. Cl- I'm like, what is this? This baby doesn't understand what Daffy Duck is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm gonna bring her up again. When I think about Britney Spears and that crazy video with Melissa Joan Hart, you remember that? Yes. Crazy. Bang, I'm bang. in too deep. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm so deep. Oh, crazy. And it feels so right. Baby, thinking of you keeps me up all night. Oh, my God. And then there's a dance at my breakdown. birthday party on Friday. All of us. I'm so sorry, guys. No, no. I'll get him a human garbage can. We're starting to have a theme on this podcast uh, called Bags We've Thrown Up Into. Uh, so far, Brooke is, uh, I've got a Ralph in a Ralph's bag. There you go. And then last episode, uh, totally barfed my brains into a, a reinforced Trader Joe's bag. I mean, that's the bag you want to throw up into, people. We've got a home goods bag at the ready. In for, the no Kyle, yep. good for, home the good for the no goods. Home goods for the no goods, Kyle. And, and I just want to say... Um, how honored I am that you chose to give your home goods back to me. I know that was hard for you. Because <laughs> you know I like to fill it up with discounts, not Kyle's puke. No, hey! I did once. You know I also love Slurpees. You, you know I love a good Slurps. Yes. And mm. I um, chugged one way too fast one time and then threw, threw it back up in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's part two of history of women in the service industry, mainly because Kyle couldn't continue speaking. We'll wrap it all up next week. Thanks for listening. Okay, we are so excited to have our guest here today. She is a look at little angel. She's mm. giggling. She's just pure joy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Renee Gautier, everyone. What's up, Renee? I feel like most people are going to hate me on this show because I have a weirdly positive attitude about working in restaurants. That's exactly no, that's what I want to talk are. about. <laughs> girl you're in good company okay girl i'm just i'm yeah. just saying i don't have a i have a really annoying spin on this. I, I love i think people are gonna hate me because i'm so positive so no I'm but like, that's oh, yeah. that's why you're here yeah. oh, i want okay. to <laughs> talk to you about your experiences so renee was how long how many years have did you serve in the restaurant industry um does being a mcdonald's employee yes. age 16 count I did that for two months just to have money for Christmas cute so that happened didn't have a job again until I was 19 sure and I was a hostess okay because in Chicago you can't serve liquor you can't serve tables until you're 21 but if you're in a suburb you can when you're 18 mm-hmm. but I was weirdly in a Chicago proper place so um I guess since 18 so like on and off I would say 12 years altogether. That's, Amazing. Yeah. Those are numbers matching ours. Yeah. 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 And, and when you left the service industry, you were a trainer. Yes. For a very elite restaurant group. Correct. Called Hillstone. And that's, that's, that's what I'm obsessed with. <laughs> if you've ever been to a Hillstone restaurant, it's so good. Have you been? No, no. Have I, you been? I need to get. Uh, I haven't. I want to hear all about. Yeah, it's oh, a have restaurant. You guys really, group? never like, been. I don't know. Well, name a restaurant. Yeah. Tell okay. me one. So, a Houston's, Bandera, uh-huh. Gulfstream, Honor Bar. It's just a big restaurant conglomerate that 
has really nice food and and yes. good service and that's kind of Renee's specialty is when you when you went out you went out of the top I did I did you guys when I moved to LA at the very end of 2006 I got a job at Houston's in Century City Mall in LA and I never worked at another restaurant in LA other than that group and I would say I stayed there for six to seven years hell yeah yeah like Jocelyn was saying, it is a um, basically they have unique concepts of restaurants and it's still corporate. Right. So they don't have chain restaurants necessarily, but they they oh, make concepts mm-hmm. and have the it same doesn't world across feel the board. like Correct. a chain either. Correct. When yeah. you walk into Honor Bar or when you walk into Houston's, it's a steakhouse. It's a nice, swanky place to eat. Small business values kind of. It feels like it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the food is always good. I've never had a bad meal. I'm really hungry right now too. I always, we always talk to people when it's like hour four of podcasting and I'm like, I'd eat anything. (laughs) But specifically Houston's, it sounds so good. You haven't even told me one dish and I'm like, it sounds great. Well, the thing is, is that we can all go. Okay. We should all go. We should. We should go where I know the manager because yeah. I get some nice. I I brought a. I met a friend once at Honor Bar. So I worked at Houston's. They brought me to the new restaurant, South Beverly Grill slash Honor Bar in Beverly Hills to help open it. And then the GM there was like, "Will you just stay here?" And so I trained everybody and like helped. You know, and instill... they have a very thorough training process. Yes. This is not some they they take it very seriously. Like that's the whole thing. And Renee respected that very much and excelled at it. I did. Thank you. I'm gonna tell you what <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that smile. And smile get you get you places. That smile that's lighting up the room. Okay. The podcast done right now. Oh my god, I haven't been flirted with in years. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. And at Houston's you're not allowed to flirt with anyone. Well, and I think what's kind of fun, too, is um, we've been talking about the the history of women in the service industry in general. And, like, this is such a nice sort of add-on and story about the fact that it's, like, not only were women evolving into a place of working in the service industry, now you've got, like, Captain Trainer, like, let's open some new restaurants, get that staffed. You know, it's was it a different wage, too? I'm curious about this. Um, you mean to train people? To train. Mm-hmm. So here's what's interesting. Originally, the company had this thing called Top 10 Servers. So when I first started, they would rank their servers. Uh-oh. Which, honestly, if you think about it, sounds like, what is this? But truly, people are, become better employees mm-hmm. because you get a $200 bonus. So it mm-hmm. happens every two months. You get a $200 bonus, and then you become a trainer, and you have to teach a class, one class. And everyone's like, oh, that's not, I'm like, this sounds like perfection. This sounds yes. like competition. And this sounds like I'm going to win. Um, so we I like was to only, win. Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons we're good friends. We oh, like to win. That's so funny. We I like to win. shrink in the face of competition. <laughs> hence, never uh, been a trainer. I'm, I'm driven by people being better than me. Because I look at them and I go, okay. <laughs> it's about to change. Things are going to change. So I, um, and it's a, it's a hard, like Justin would say, it's a hard training process. It's like, they call it boot camp. Mm-hmm. It's very like, you know, every circulation, smiling constantly, just a lot of specifics, right? So, which I thrive on structure. So for two months, I was miserable there. I was like, I don't want to be here. I, I think, I think it also comes with moving to a new city. Yeah. Where you're like, everything, I'm presenting every choice I made. And my GM, who also brought me to the Beverly Hills location, 
was like, listen, and not a lot of people liked him because he was just straight up. And I got along with him famously. So he was like, listen, don't go anywhere. You know, you're doing well. Wait it out, whatever. Third month, I became the third top ranked server, which upsets a lot of people. <laughs> which you can't you're, even. You're straight up like, I didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> I'm like, everybody's just like in the bathroom, like cutting their inner thighs with their wine keys. Like, I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> But what always made me laugh is like they weren't great servers. It wasn't like they were the creme de la. And then you were like, <laughs> and then of course, like anything, any industry, you must have done something low key to get this position. Or the and you're like, who? What did I do? I have sex with all the managers. Like, I'll show you what I did. I crushed it. I honestly really liked waiting tables. I mean, do you think that those skills, not that you didn't have them before you waited tables, but do you, do you think those skills help you now yes. in terms of just like dealing with people and like a hundred percent because the one rule at Houston's at Hillstone is you can't really say no to anybody, but you have to find a way to tell them no without saying no. Or it's, it's or it's sort of like just learning how to be a suggestion ninja. Yes. Give yeah, them yeah, alternatives, yeah. Alternatives, mm -hmm. but just not say the word no. You can't say the word no. So I think my first real on the floor writing producing job was actually with Jocelyn. Mm -hmm. We did this real bad dating show for MTV. But honestly, we made really good. I feel like there were a lot of good people we worked with, but you don't realize the skills you get from being a good server or being or having like a service job. Because at the end of the day, you're serving no matter where you are, right? Whether it's food, you're doing service in a lot of ways. Like, Andrea, you obviously are in service. But those skills carry with every different type. So we got on the floor, and it got really multitasky and, like, crazy. And all of a sudden, I was like, got it. Like, I was like, yep. And I could multitask efficiently and move around and look at a network person and go, oh, no, 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 no. That dick joke isn't a dick joke. This is this. And they were like, oh, Renee can stay on the floor. I was like, oh, I think at one point I might have looked at Jocelyn and been like, oh, my server skills are really kicking in here because they really do serve you. Yeah. No pun yeah. intended. Uh, but you're also managing all the different personalities just mm -hmm. in a different professional setting. Correct. Yeah. yeah I think that's a big part of it. It's yeah. just, yeah. If you didn't, if you couldn't say no to people. Yeah. For that, for an extended period of time, even if that's like a month, it's a, it's a skill set to learn. And it's hard. It's yeah. hard in those positions also when you're, like, in TV stuff because you never want to get fired. Like, there was a part a part of me when I was waiting tables, I remember saying to myself, like, if, why am I so confident about what I do well here? But if I were to, like, leave this place and be confident about a, me as a comedian and just, like, confidently look at someone and go, yeah, I'm good at this, I couldn't do it as securely as I could if I was, like, I can take the seven tables. I can do this. Yeah, but that's like looking. It's it's a very it's a difficult thing to measure comedy. It's it's much different to measure like waiting tables because it's you're yeah. completing tasks and like checking things off a list. Yeah. In term, and that's very like structured. Where like comedy is like kind of loosely somebody's opinion who might make or make right. make or break your career. Like no. you don't fucking know. Just an amorphous blob with like no guarantees. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, nice people uh, don't go far in this business. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I meant more as like a skill set and confidence. Totally. Right? Absolutely. Like this is a skill set I have here and this is a skill set. Like why am I so like 
no doubt, like, don't look me in my eyes and tell me I can't wait these tables. Right, right. You know, but, like, give me a half hour special and I'll be like, I can't do it. They're going to find me out. Though, <laughs> Renee, because, yes. and I know you, and I know you take so much pride in the work that you do, that you, I feel like, are like me in that, like, you just, you're rewarded by people having a good time and, like, yeah. you providing an experience for someone. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I feel, also feel like if you think about it as, like, if these people are at my house... How would I serve them? How would I clean up after them? And if you just do that, if you treat this as important as you treat your own space, you will turn those tables so quickly and you will make a ton of money. That's the thing is people don't understand if you no. are just nice and you butter them up and turn it over, it's more cash for you unless it's shared tips and you're screwed. And yeah. also just having like been to your home where you have like I've, I've walked into your backyard and there's like all the things to eat and like eighty dips beautifully and cut I was, beautifully. I was going to talk about that charcuterie spread yeah. from this fall. <laughs> was a legit charcuterie. Wasn't there a Houston's dip that was on oh, the yes, table? There, there was. We got to try a Houston's dip. Queso dip. Yeah, that's technically Bandera. Okay. I don't want to like, But you it's know, part of the mothership. It. it is part of the mothership. Wait, no, let's get back to the celebs, oh, yeah. celebrities. Because you're fresh to LA, you're trying to break in, and then you're waiting on people like, I don't know, maybe a Joey Fatone. <gasps> Who do you got? Who do you got? Any good stories? First, yes, the first person while I was training that I waited on was Jodie Foster. And it was before she had kind of come out that she was a lesbian. She was with her lover, for damn sure. And they were sitting there, and her name is um, Alicia. So on her credit card, it's Alicia Jodie Foster. So that, no, it's not even Foster. It's something else. She mixes in the whatevers. But her name's Alicia on her credit card. Mm -hmm. So that's her real name. That changes everything for I me. I know. Hollywood gas. Oh. <laughs> but she was awesome. Um, she was super great. I waited on Drew Carey, who at the time was, and I think he still is, doing prices, Right? Yeah, he'd just done the turnover at that point. Must yeah, he was fresh, fresh to the, the game. game. He was fresh. And he, was, he would come in for lunch. I worked mostly lunches because I was doing stand-up at night. And um, but there's a lot of agencies out around there. Like yes. this is like a, a. I was trying to describe the location is yes. very if favorable to a celebrity sighting. And it's in a mall and it's in a fancy mall. So it's like we also that mall doesn't allow paparazzi on its grounds. That's so safe. neutral. So territory. it was safe for celebrities. Uh, I waited on Jessica Simpson once. Drew Carey. What I was going to say is he. Rumor has it he got $250 a day for lunch from Price is Right. So he would come in and get a burger and give you the rest of the money. Oh, yeah. He's the nicest guy. I've I mean, heard. honestly, like. Do you know how much that could, like, change someone's. Like, you could be f so freaked out about rent and have serve one table and yeah. just, like, God, I just can't wait to be rich so I can do that for people. Yeah, honestly. And I, I remember Christian Bale came in once and he, like, he drinks seven up and, uh, and everyone was freaking out. And I don't know why I don't geek out as hard as maybe I should, or I don't know what it is. The one I did geek out about was uh, Bailey from Party of Five. What is his name? Scott. Matthew Scott Fox. Scott Wolf. Oh, oh yeah. Scott, Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. I was just like Bailey from Party of Five. I just said there. Matthew Fox, Scott Wolf. <laughs> because Those Matthew Fox names. is also on Party of Five. I just realized they both have like weird canine weird. last names. <laughs> they do. They're both real in the wild doggy types. Yeah. You know, it's a weird thing though that I have too where I've just never been uh, totally bowled over by celebrity because A, it doesn't get you anywhere to act like a total loser around right, them. Right. Yeah. And that if you're just cool and treat them like a regular person 
I've just found in my waiting tables days for on sure the Upper East Side of New York City that it's just like they're they're out to out to lunch in a public spot, so they're not looking for something crazy and special. They just want to be talked to like a normal person. And if you're funny, familiar, even in a way that's not, I'm a weird star fucker fan. Agreed. They'll take to you. Agreed. You know, yeah. Yes. The only person that beamed me out was Kevin Bacon. Oh, sure. But come on. It's Kevin Bacon. I was like, I'm now one degree away from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I waited on Suge Knight. Oh, that's hey. fun. Ooh, scary. Make he sure he doesn't a, hit you in this car. A, he likes a dry potato. <laughs> oh, my. That's and a no well butter? done steak. Ooh, yikes. yikes. They're tricky, guys. Dry gossip. Dry gossip. Nothing? No onions? No, and Tony Braxton eats her prime rib. Well done. Side of ketchup. I can't. No. Mm. Byron mm-hmm. Allen was a regular. Byron Allen, do we all know Comics on I have a friend that just got a, a job writing on his new Hollywood Squares offshoot show. <sighs> Wish her luck. He came in every day for lunch. And like I said, I usually just work lunch shifts. He would get a freshly a fresh juice of half orange, half grapefruit, mm-hmm. tall glass, no ice. He would get a potato, just ahi tuna. He was like the king of like a la carte things okay. and then he would always have someone with him that would talk about he would talk about like how much money he made that year very cool and i you know obviously he was a comic i would never consider him one now and i was a co- i'm a comic so i we started talking and we found out that i'm a comic obviously i think someone came by i was like do you know renata's comedy because i would never right because then it's like tell me a joke to the untrained <sighs> yeah exactly guest, and i can't like, imagine you would ever offer that information up because what the fuck what is that gonna do for i was like okay anyway he he one time so we became friendly he was fine just high maintenance one time he was in there with a guy from sony and i remember this specifically i was his server and I went up and I was like, hey, Byron, blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, Renee, this is so-so from Sony. He goes, hey, Renee does stand-up. And he goes, oh, really? And he looks, Byron goes, Renee, do you, how much time would you say you think you really have? And I was like, 45 minutes, probably a tight 45 minutes if I had to. And he was like, he was like, mm, okay. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. And the Sony guy was like, what do you that was a weird response like no one understood what that was and i go i go how much time do you have i was on my way i was on my way no you know like i was like i can't yeah that's the thing about me is that i know how i i mastered the way of saying things to people without getting in trouble but uh, there were some that were a slippery slope for but me. But your nice, your niceness has a, a limit. You're not yeah. gonna, you're not gonna well, eat shit for somebody. I'm sassy from Jump Street, right? Yeah, so yeah. like they know that I'm like, got. I have an opinion of, about life, of course. Right? But when he said that, I was like, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> and he was like, what? And the Sony guy was like, yeah, how much time do you have, Byron? And he was like, well, I mean, I have an hour. And I go, yeah, but that's usually like pitch another comics though right <laughs> like fucking with him and he was like he kind of laughed and he goes okay you got me like Good. i was just like don't make me look like some hack ass that's the th- that's what i think makes servers in this town always consider their service job a side piece of shit job right because people there's like an embarrassment attached to yeah, waiting we tables and not following your dream when really we're doing both. Yeah. Like I've never been like, this is my side job, but I'm a comic. I've always been like, yeah, I wait tables. 
And, and, I'm a and what if your dream was to own a restaurant or, or right. manage a restaurant or be the best waiter at a restaurant? Yeah, There's nothing say. wrong with that. I used to over tip so aggressively. She did. She's chilled out finally. I chilled out a little. But I used to be like, I feel so bad. Like I remember at an Olive Garden oh, once. Oh, God. I tipped this server. There's something that breaks my heart when you walk into a restaurant and you know it hasn't been busy all day. And there's mm-hmm. like a guy who's like older. You know he's been working. Or a new person. You know they're new. And I'll be like, here's 20 bucks. I got chased out of an Olive Garden thanking me. Aww. I was like, oh, that's okay. And I wasn't because I wanted, I don't want it. I just want that person to be like. You know how it feels to yeah, get a really nice possible. tip. Yeah, like, hey, you know, don't worry about it for the rest of the night. At least you made 50 bucks. You're spreading that Drew Carey love. You know what I mean? That was in Chicago, too. That yeah, was before right? Drew Carey even hit my doorstep. We didn't even know. We didn't even know. good in the world. Such you know? an over-tipper. Once I paid for someone's check as a guest because this <laughs> really sweet couple had five kids instead of Chevy's. Schaumburg, Illinois. Hmm. And the kids were angels. The kids were just eating lunch. And they were probably from age 5 to, I would say, 10. Like, kids are shitbags. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, don't they're, don't they're put not a made sugar for restaurants. Sugar, have you, how, how often have you removed sugars from the table when kids come around? Oh, Is that ever something? You just, you just got to get yes. to it before they do. Oh, God. But I once was like, I was with my boyfriend at the time, and he was like, my God, these kids are so well behaved. <laughs> and I was like, let's pay their check. And he goes, yes. It was such a cheap check. Like, cor- kids eat free at Chevy's, no, I think. What'd you say? I think kids eat free there. Yeah, the bill was literally $60 for it- seven people. Nice. And I was like, yeah, let's just do it. And then I go, let's leave before they know. So they don't have to feel awkward or weird. Right. Let's just leave. You're sitting there both going, hi. It's it us. us. <laughs> Validation. And do you want to shake our too. hands? They're like, I want to fuck our kids. Let's go. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> that would be a sweet pickup. Go, move. go, go. <laughs> They're grooming. They're grooming our children. We've, We've seen, been groomed. <laughs> We've been groomed. We've seen romance. It's like that uh, documentary abducted in plain sight, except oh. with salsa and chips. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have I, to know they're unlimited. I, I gotta say, you could get me. You could get me into a van with some salsa and yeah, chips. Yeah. Well, I, you have to have a guacamole. There's got to be one story about the worst table you've ever had. Hundred percent. Yeah. May we share? Can you? Yeah. Well, one is with Fantasia Barino. American Uh-oh. Idol star Fantasia Barino. That name can't be real. It's oh, it's real. do you not know Fantasia Barino? I re- I just remember knowing the name Fantasia. I think. Yes, no, yeah, not first and last. Yeah, just got it. Okay. So she um she won American Idol like second season or third season. Oh yeah. So this is a minute ago. This All is right. a minute ago. But she okay. this is after she had, like years after she okay. won. And she would come in. She came in with a group of people like an entourage. She was super out of it she was like hi she you know something was plainly to say plainly and everyone around her was clearly about to buy on her dime Mm. so they ordered all this food and this woman this girl that was with her ordered ribs i was like great so i got her ribs and we're known for our ribs they Mm. fall right off the bone with a fork they're super good and she goes she gets the ribs. Fantasia's not even talking. It's like Fantasia's weekend at Bernie. Oh, God. Like, she's just, like, very there but not there, right? So she goes, no, no, I didn't. I, I don't want it like this. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll, do you want me to redo them for you? Yeah, I want them dry. Great. Went and took them. She goes, don't, don't take those, though. 
And I go, okay. And she goes, I want a box for these. Mm. And I go, okay. You want a box for those? She goes, yeah. And I go, you don't want me to replace them? She goes, no, I'll replace them. And I go, oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, I'll get you a box. So I got her a box and got her a new thing of ribs. These ribs are too dry. <gasps> no. I want a box. And I finally was like, let me grab a manager. Because I think that we're not satisfying you with the ribs, so why don't we get a manager, right? She told the manager, she, she complained about me, she did all this stuff, and that's one of the worst times, only because it felt like it went on for three hours, uh-huh. and it, she kept, it was called Ribgate for a real long time. Like She just kept, I was like, what, you, you're not even paying for, like, what are you collecting ribs for? By the way, ribs are never a cheap menu item. No. You're looking she, at like a $30 plate right there. Especially if you're going full slab. It's yeah, only yeah, full slab option. <gasps> I mean, we got to call this woman the bone collector. The bone collector. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than Ribgate. Um, so much better. I don't know if they're the worst. But they're the definitely the one like I created a character based on this woman because she was like she, she I call her a sexy baby talk girl. Do you know like mm. girls who come in with like older agents like nerdy older like business men agents and she would not talk. She just talked. It's like if I don't know if you anybody has like two year old nephews or any like kids where they go. Mm-mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like and do a shoulder shimmy. Yeah. 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 It. When they're just like. Mm-mm. And you're like, what's wrong, Joey? What's wrong? It's like, I don't want to. And you like just they don't get words out. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they're just still learning them. But also they're throwing a tantrum quietly at the table. This is what she did. And she just had big boobs and she was really tiny. And he was like, baby, baby, what do you want to drink? And she's like, Mm-mm-mm, water. <laughs> and you were just like, OK. And it's hard to not laugh at the table because you're seeing this happen. And you're oh, just like, most ridiculous. Has he ever fucked you? Because I think he has not. I think you're not giving it to him. Give me more. I want more mm-hmm. lines. I want more character. Well, well she just. <laughs> I mean, it's more. It's more in my shoulder delivery. Yeah. But she's just right. very like, mm-hmm. you know. And we would always joke. Like he would be like, "Baby, do you do you want chicken? Do you want?" It was like he would read the menu to her, and I was like, "Oh, she she, she can't okay. read." Okay. And I was like, "Great!" And I would even start becoming like I'm talking to a child, where I would be like. Did you want me to get you hot water? Did you want cold water? Do you want water? No, I like it just became so. And she was like, mm. and she would look at him and kind of be like, you tell her. Oh, yeah. You Woo! got you got to love the woman who whispers in her dude's ear for ordering. It happens a lot. It's, it's this really weird like like I can't talk to the big bad waitress, <laughs> but I want a burger. I want a burger. She's mean. Oh, she's mean. You're like, what the fuck is happening? There's been a few times where I've like had to hold back laughter because you're like, what am I watching? I mean, this is twisted. Those guys look weird or not at all, as Renee. He's always always like, baby, baby, is tonight the night finally? (laughs) Baby? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't know. (laughs) That's my favorite. Like, I don't want it. And you're like, what is no. going on? Are you being held captive? I mean, maybe we should have paid more attention to the woman and make sure she was okay. But they were eating. She barely ate anything. And we always, I was joking. I go, God, the, wouldn't it be great if the minute this guy got up to go to the bathroom, she just shoved all the food in her mouth like a fucking animal. And then he came back and was like, mm-mm. Yeah. And she was like, I'm a baby. Um, I did wait on Judd Apatow with my fingertip cut off. I cut my fingertip off uh, cooking a potato dish at home. <laughs> Did you get it reattached? 
it, it grew back. Were you grattining yeah. and you like, were you doing the grattine slides on a, my, on a fucking I mandolin? I was. And bobbited your finger? That's, but you know what? I did. And yeah. I did that and while I was eating a hot dog watching Meet the Robinsons on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole setup is really not cute. Uh, I was like, oh, just like, I'm going to make my grandma's potatoes. So I had a fingertip gone. Yeah, the, and I, the condom? Or you have to put just, the blue yeah, condom okay. on because at work because they have to be able to see it if it falls off. Right. Um, and I went up to Judd Apatow's table. He was with his wife and his two kids. And he goes, what happened to your finger? And I go, oh, I cut it off um, cooking. And he goes, see, kids? That's why you don't use knives. Huh. Renee, do you have a tip for us? Yes. <laughs> I. This is true. Do every job, no matter what it is, like your dream job, and I promise you, you will eventually get your dream job. Mm. Hell yeah, girl. Here's a tip. If you are traveling with a partner and would like to both enjoy the same music, uh, podcasts such as Sidework Podcast or or movie, in-flight movie, um, for the low price of $5, you can buy a headphone splitter, and then you can, you basically... You know, they even make them for Thunderbolts now. Cool. Um, so you don't have to dongle on top of Splitter, which I do on occasion. Um, but dongle. <laughs> so you basically, then you can like both plug in your headphones and both enjoy the same entertainment at the same time. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. They, they kind of have their little flying as a couple thing on lock. I enjoyed witnessing it when we were on our way to Hawaii that it was like one iPad, one movie both enjoying it together while the rest of us found out that Hawaiian Airlines doesn't provide any sort of in-flight Wi-Fi, in-flight entertainment. It was like this horrible oh, bummer. It was a janky app. Like we did get a sandwich right there. And a Mai Tai. Yep. Here's a tip, guys. I remembered this from my Halloween party, uh, that, or our Halloween party. Kyle and I threw one here at the place this past year. And if you don't want a ton of gross boys ruining your bathroom... It costs like $85 to get a clean, pristine porta potty dropped off in your driveway. And then people don't even have to go inside, rifle through your medicine cabinet, et cetera, et cetera. It was a great way to keep like the indoor plumbing for VIPs only. And all the boys just pissed into a literal porta potty. It was, it was the, very chic. It was very chic. And I didn't go in at all. I should have, I think I meant to. And then it just didn't happen. Well, and then a tip on a tip Kyle went to Trader Joe's. And bought a cinnamon broom. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, yes. I love those cinnamon, cinnamon wish brooms. brooms. And hung it, hung it in the porta potty. So it was, it was, um, just an olfactory delight inside that porta potty. We appreciate you listening and suffering through restaurant PTSD with us. So here's a tip. You can now become a monthly supporter of Sidework Podcast. Whether you can spare $1 a month or $5 a month, it helps us keep this thing we created going. Make a contribution to the pod at anchor.fm slash side dash work dash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash side dash work dash podcast. I know it sounds weird, but it's good. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.